When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Brace for Winnings is a production of iHeartRadio. Brace for Winnings, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Your one-stop podcast for all things happening on the hardwood. Now, here's your host, Sean Brace. It is a Friday, and we are fast approaching Selection Sunday. Only a few more days and a few more games to go down until we find out the final 68 coming your way. For the ultimate prize in college hoops, the national championship, and that, of course, is being played in Houston. It is a good afternoon, everybody. Sean Brace, of course, Brace for Winnings, the podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the daily pod where we get you up to date on everything happening in the world of college basketball. So many games, so much to pay attention to, and uh, look. Even I struggle from time to time, but that's why we bring in the expert. Joe Tanzi, of course, hot and loaded, ready to go for the weekend, ready to go for Friday with all of his plays. A good afternoon, Joe. A lot of fun yesterday, a lot of big games, and these games today are going to be even more dramatic because now we got some real deal matchups, some matchups that we might see starting next week or the following week. A lot of games that are of NCAA tournament caliber. Yes. Um, we won't we won't see any of them until the Sweet 16 at minimum uh, because of the, the bracketing rules. But, um, yeah, I want some drama. I like I, I'm waiting for it. I'm sitting here, you know, back in my recliner here. Uh, waited for it Wednesday. We got a little bit of it in the Big Ten. But that's about it. Like, there, there's nothing. There's no drama out here in the power conferences and like just give me give me one i want one juicy storyline in one of the six power conferences going into saturday there, there's a, like potential for a few but like there's nothing there right now like i tweeted it last night i feel like we have like 66 of the 68 already locked in and like where else where are the bid stealers going to come from like did you get any pushback not, on that tweet? Do we have 66 out of the 68 already ready to go? I think that's a consensus. Like with all the people, all the bracket predictions and all the different websites I'm reading, it's like, yeah. like 
Utah State beating New Mexico last night. It seems like Utah State kind of solidified their spot. Like all the bubble teams, like Penn State last night, after then beating Illinois, it feels like they they solidified a spot. Rutgers, same thing. Um, I think that the question mark comes in the ACC now because it's like Clemson's still on the bubble, but they have to beat Virginia tonight. NC State and Pittsburgh, if you play around with their resumes enough, they look bad. Um, so I think that's maybe where the maybe where the bubble drama is in the ACC. Um, the only other thing that's out there right now is if North Texas wins Conference USA or, or UAB because Florida Atlantic is a lock in the field. So the only drama we really have is if either Jelly Walker gets hot for UAB or North Texas – who I think is going to beat UAB today, um, their defense just shuts down FAU in the championship game. Uh, you know, pick your your path to chaos, and then that maybe locks out uh, maybe one of the ACC teams or Utah State. But I mean, it feels pretty straightforward of, of who's in the field. It's Friday, you know, early Friday afternoon of championship week, and there's nothing like it's pretty clear cut of of who is in the field and who isn't. And I think that speaks to just how average a lot of teams were last year. I, I told you yesterday, there's been a lot of chaos, but the I think the really, really good teams, there's no great teams this year, but the really good teams, I think they'll eventually sort themselves through. And the Sweet 16 Elite is going to be a lot of really, really good competitive games between those top teams. I could see a lot of chalk happening. Obviously, it depends on how the bracket plays out, but I'm waiting for it. Like, Okay. Well, we, we're, like, off, we're off and yeah. running here in this first game. We're recording this at noon today, a little bit later today. It's a Friday. Don't yell at us. But, hey, Rutgers up early over in. Purdue. They're already I'm, in. What number are they at? What seat are they? They're on the – I believe they're either, depending on your favorite bracketologist, either on the last four buys or last four in. I think they're, they're essentially playing to – avoid Dayton it, it is what it sounds like. They're, they're not on the wrong side. Okay. Like all we have left is Clemson, who I just mentioned, mm-hmm. um, Oregon. If they beat UCLA, they become uh, a resume to evaluate. Um, but UCLA pulled away against Colorado yesterday. And uh, you bet UCLA, you got away with one. Um, it, Mississippi State's kind of hovering over it uh, mm-hmm. in the SEC. But Big win yesterday. Yeah, but you know, Florida hasn't been Florida for the last two, three weeks because Colin Castellan's out for the season, so that was expected. Um, I don't know. Like, oh, what was Ohio State going to be? Michigan State? Like, Ohio State's out there, but they got to win five and five. Like, even if they reach the semis and beat Sparty today, like, can they, can they win five in five days? That's so difficult to do. Yeah. So, like, even though, even though, they're still alive in the Big Ten. It's like, man, they're gonna they're gonna hit a wall at some point. So I think really because Florida Atlantic is the team we've been talking about a lot in the mid major ranks this year. Um, they were a top twenty five team. I think if the North Texas UAB winner wins Conference USA tomorrow, then it takes away a spot. You have a little bit more of uh, tight buttholes in the ACC. Is essentially what I think it comes down to because. Pitt's resume has holes in it. Mm-hmm. NC State's resume got holes in it. 
Clemson's got holes in it. Mm-hmm. Like Clemson, and only one of those three teams can do any improvement to their their resume. So I think that's the only drama we're headed towards because everything else is a, a one bid league that's still left to play for in the mid majors. All right. Well, uh, I want to stay with yesterday just real quick, if we could. And, and I want to hear your thoughts on Creighton, a team that I believe did. Did you have them win in this tournament? Big East? I didn't have an official pick. Okay. I don't, I don't remember. Somebody had was pretty high on Creighton. And of course we know, look, at the beginning of the year, there was hype and they played the really well in the Maui, went to the championship game and had a little bit down uh, throughout the course of a long season. They've been playing better basketball. I'm curious to know your thoughts on this, and maybe you got some analytics or some stats. Of course you do. You're Joe Tanzi. Um, As far as defense is concerned, where do they stand on defense? Because last night was incredible. They were all over Villanova as far as defense is concerned. I think of Creighton. I think of guys that want to shoot the, the long ball. Of course, they got some good size. As I said, I've watched them a few times this year. Um I wasn't surprised to see them beat Villanova. I had Villanova. Uh, you know, look, I my thought process was we can't be touting for the last three or four weeks, or me personally, I can't be saying, watch out, watch out, Justin Moore, watch out. And then all of a sudden it comes down <laughs> to taking them, and, and I don't take the five and a half. So I, you know, bad day at the office for me. We're on to the next one. But Creighton, defensively, Joe, my goodness, if they play like that in this upcoming tournament, watch out. Yeah, look, they're top 15 in defensive adjusted efficiency on, on Kenpom. So that fits your, what is the top 40 on offense and defense uh, Kenpom criteria for a title winner. Um, here's my problem with them. And this you're going to hear this for the next week is their depth. Like what happens if, if somebody gets Kalkbrenner into foul trouble or Shireman into foul trouble? They don't run more than more than six deep at times. So that that's the biggest concern if if you're betting on Creighton. They can score with anyone and they have the defensive metrics to fit the the criteria of a winner, but and it's it, it could come down to circumstance with them. Like I think that's really what what Creighton's downfall could be is is foul trouble because we've seen it. You know, this is your your prototypical kind of what if scenario? What if one of these guys hits foul trouble and it turns into a mess um, and they can't get their offense going? Um, that could happen. And I think that's what Creighton's clear downfall is, uh, whereas some other teams may not have a, a crystal clear weakness like that. All right. And a couple other quick ones from yesterday, ones that you haven't really discussed just yet. Mm-hmm. I was on tilt last night and I almost took USC. So I'm glad I bailed out on that one. Arizona State, that's an impressive victory. They didn't miss. It is. They didn't. Um, that's a good win for them. And it puts them on the right side of the bubble uh, as of as of right now. The minority has them as their last as his last team in. So um, they still got work to do. But that is impressive to me because ASU was one in five against the top three in the Pac-12, and their one win was that incredible buzzer beater against Arizona a few weeks ago. So they hadn't beaten any of the top teams in the Pac-12. Finally, did so against USC. To me, that's really impressive. Uh, they showed up when they needed to. Um, you would have to think that gets them in, but again, there's one or two wacky scenarios out there where you know like in CUSA or if, if Oregon 
somehow gets hot. Look, the, the safest way for ASU to get in the tournament is to win two more games, like plain and simple. Can they do it? Probably not. Um, the Pac-12 is usually 1v2 in the final. But, um, yeah, they gotta be they got to be rooting for UCLA in that first semifinal out in Vegas and probably for Virginia and Kentucky as well today. That way Clemson's gone and, and Vandy's gone and you can – you can have a safe uh, or as safe as you can get a uh, spot close to the bubble. Okay. Talk to me about the SEC tournament, Vanderbilt and LSU. I didn't really have an opinion on that game. I, I've been kind of guessing on both of these mm-hmm. teams all season long. Vanderbilt ended up smashing them 77-68. They were four and a half point favorites. Surprised about that? And, and what is your outlook on the SEC tournament right now? Absolutely not surprised whatsoever. LSU has been one of the worst power conference teams all season. Um, they're in flux because the Will Wade firing. Um, Matt McMahon came over from Murray State, um, and he knew he had a rebuilding job. He brought in a lot of transfers, guys from his old job. Um, this was always going to be a down year for LSU. The fact that they beat Georgia in the first round was, frankly, pretty surprising. Um, but LSU has been a top team to fade all season. So Vandy now sets up this this really fascinating situation where – they're not even close to the bubble right now, but if you get in the SEC semifinals with two wins over Kentucky, one at Rupp and one in the SEC tournament mm-hmm. in the last two weeks, do you get into the conversation? I think that, you know, just based off of still being alive and playing on Saturday, Vandy would have to be in the conversation, whether it's, um, yeah, they're in or they're out, whatever the fact that you you were still talking about Vanderbilt is a good thing. They've gotten hot at the right time, but is it too little too late? That's what you're going to hear about Vandy. Um, the SEC is going to be interesting to watch because look, I think all the spotlights on Tennessee, you know, beating Ole Miss yesterday. That's a, that's a good win, but now you have the rest of the teams are NCAA, <clears throat> excuse me, NCAA tournament caliber teams um, and guard plays where Missouri really thrives. And if you're not able to match them because of the Ziegler injury, which is why I'm on Mizzou at plus five and a half today, um, they might be susceptible to an upset. Mizzou is one of those teams where um, they're not as extreme as NC State, where if their guards get hot and they're shooting from three and and they're going to be trouble for a, a higher seed in the second round, but they're kind of on that same level where if, if the guard play is there uh, and they get a little help from inside, um, they can compete with anyone. They can score with anyone. That's that's for sure. But if they have an off night, they're going to have a really off night. Um, so it's going to be a fascinating matchup. Clash styles, offense versus defense. Um, I have no, I don't know what to make of A&M in Arkansas. Um, A&M is a deserved two seed but they're not the second best team in the SEC. Um, And Arkansas is not the 10th best team in the SEC on record. They are, but on talent, they aren't because Nick Smith, their, their star freshman missed a month. Um, So how do you kind of evaluate Arkansas at this point? Is it, it's fascinating. So beating Auburn was a step in the right direction, but that A&M Arkansas game is, is fascinating because the line is so close. Um, it's a rivalry game. It you know Arkansas has to get right. They lost you know three in a row to end the regular season. A and M, they're good. They play really good defense, but 
can they survive the tests? You know, this is this is where the, the next step in, in Buzz Williams uh, and that AM program comes in. And then I, I expect them to roll Mississippi State. I'm not really concerned about them there. Um, the line keeps fluctuating between seven and eight points. I kind of stayed away from it because uh, Alabama has been a little rough around the edges um, these last few games and, and betting them at eight points when they could win that game by seven, you know, it's, it, they're kind of a, a stay away for at least that game. So fascinating set of four games. And I mean, if Vanderbilt wins, we got some drama. So Maybe I just become a de facto Vanderbilt fan, even though I don't think they could beat Kentucky. <laughs> I don't think the odds makers think they could beat Kentucky here. Plus 330 on the money line. That's a pretty nice price there. I might look, they already did. And as you pointed out, at Kentucky. So maybe worth the play here or just enjoy the game, stay away, or it's Kentucky or bust. Your thoughts on that? I mean, they're eight and a half point underdogs. And in, Take- in their in their situation, I think if you're betting that game, you're be, you're betting Vandy. I mean, mm-hmm. they've won nine of ten. Mm-hmm. They beat Kentucky. They beat Auburn. They beat Tennessee. Um, a lot of those big wins came at home, but they they, they beat Kentucky at Rupp. Um, I think that number is a little too high. I I would actually I haven't even looked at that game much today because. I'm so focused on the afternoon games. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, sleeps. <laughs> What's that? Um, What's that? <laughs> um, yeah. Lock me in for Vandy plus eight and a half. Woo! Like, they're, like they're at, at bare minimum, like, you know, they're playing for something. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even know they were on such a streak that you just pointed out nine out of the last 10. And uh, as we just pointed out, I watched a little bit of that game when they beat up Kentucky there. And of course, Jerry Stack got himself a nice little program going on there. Watch out. So uh plus three. It's a very might... quiet, it's a very quiet nine and one there last time. Oh, nice. Well, I might take a little flyer on that plus three thirty. I do like the eight and a half, though. Um, all right, let's keep it moving here. And let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about uh, you know what? Let's just get on over to today's games. So let's talk more about today's card and find out where you're at. Once again, we're recording this here at 12:30. Right now, as we sit, you are we are live action, Tracy. We got Rutgers up by eight, 20 to 12 with 10:07 to go in the first half. Live action on that live line, 128 and a half is your total, and you're looking at plus 110 on the money line for Rutgers in that one. But Ultimately, we got one o'clock Alabama and Mississippi State. ECU catching 23 against Houston. <laughs> Could Houston trip up and, and maybe win by 10 here? Um, it is their first game. Maybe you know, I'm not gonna talk myself into betting on East Carolina, but I, I think there's a, a school of thought where maybe you could try and look at a first half on ECU. Okay. Um, but yeah, it. <laughs> the AAC is just so bad where I don't think I've bet on anybody in the AAC except for Houston, Memphis, and fading Tulsa all year. So, <laughs> well, let's stay in that conference. Tell me what you think about Cincinnati and Temple. Five for Cincinnati here. I have no thoughts on that game, honestly. None. Uh, okay. none. Temple's just been so bad lately. Um, it's a shame we're not going to get a a true Philadelphia area team in the NCAA tournament this year. Um, unless Penn wins the Ivy League. Um, yeah, they're just – I mean, they're trending downward. Um, if anything, I would bet Cincinnati. But I just – I I think the AAC has just been so, so mediocre in the middle oh, it where yeah. it's, it's just – it's so difficult to get a read on these teams. 
All right. Let's keep it going down the car. We'll get your plays, of course, before we get out of here. But UConn and Marquette. UConn. Well, just when I thought that game was absolutely over, <laughs> that's the you know. By uh, the way, I, I was watching that game, and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not watching the actual players. I'm watching the, the fans, like the first three or four rows. To see and who had what. Yes, I can, me too. I can see, me too. I can see who has UConn minus seven. Yes. I can see who has Providence <laughs> plus seven. And then, like, the reaction was just, like, so tempered by everyone who was starting to react to the, the, the swing in the points because it pushed. And I think if you bet UConn, you're like, oh, that feels like a loss. But if, you're pro- if you bet Providence, you're like, well, at least I magically won my money back. Like, Dude, I think that's the way you have to approach it. It's great that you pointed that out. Now, look, I've seen Van Pelt do it before, but it's what I do. It's like when I see a number or I see a game and it's coming around that number, and especially a, a perfect scenario the way that game played out yesterday mm-hmm. where UConn, I think I said it at half. I'm like, all right, well, that's a winner. Literally, we, we changed the channel. We watched every other game, flip it through, flip it through. <laughs> and then I think the five o'clock is when that game ended, went the commercial break, and I'm like, Dude, what does that score say? They were up by five, yeah. I think. So that is hysterical. We need to bring, like make that a segment where people send us videos of people from the crowd like with the reaction. Show them. We know you got the ticket. Show the <laughs> fan in the stands. Well, right? that, was, that was like last night. We're in the studio <laughs> producing the Villanova game, and I'm watching Clemson NC State on the screen. And like I had the over 148, and like we're cruising. We are literally halfway there at halftime. And then uh, NC State just mm. forgot to play offense. And, like, they were even on that cold streak where they were putting shots in the basket and they were rolling out. Like, it got to that point where they had, like, two or three of those in a row. And I'm like, all right, well, this is this is dead on arrival. And you can't even, you know, find a path back in the second half. But there are going to be games like that, plenty of like that in, in March where – you think you have it and a big run ends up screwing you or, or you end up winning because of it, or, you know, the total just goes out of control. I mean, I think there was a beat in the TCU um, Kansas state game as well, where it stayed under, um, even though the total was close to like 150, I think. So look, uh, there's going to be more of that today, whether you like it or not. Uh, it's, it's just bound to happen. Yep. I agree with that. And I was on the over as well. And that was frustrating because, you know, I, I didn't think we they had see, it. Yeah, yeah. It's what I was looking at as far as following the number. And then all of a sudden, look, we got one team to 80. You know, that's like perfect. And then I know I get it. The other team's got to score 70 first to hit the over. But I thought it'd be a little bit more competitive, especially what we saw the night before with NC State. The live total halftime was 153. Mm. So, like, it was it was on track. And it just, it just collapsed right in front of our face. DOA, yep, like you said. All right, keeping it moving on uh, this week's. Oh, we didn't even talk about UConn Marquette. Give me a number or give me a play. A lean, four point spread. UConn favorite here, one forty seven is your total. That's gonna be tough. It's a tough. Um, I'm staying away from it, but I'll give you this comparison because I tweeted it out yesterday, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Tyler Kolick from Marquette. Love him. He reminds me so much of Aaron Kraft. From Ohio State, sure, where he just he just gets in the lane. He's fearless. Like he he doesn't. It's not reckless. It's it's fearless, and he does all the little things. He can dribble into the lane. He's so crafty 
like when I when I watch Tyler Kolick, I'm I feel like I'm watching Aaron Kraft play basketball from you know early on in, in the 2010s at Ohio yeah. State. Like that I, is I could that, see it to me. That's to me that like it's the perfect mold of player that he is. He's the ringleader, man. He's the one that drives drives that offense. I mean, wasn't he the player of the conference for offensive? Wasn't he? I think it was he was player of the year. Yeah, player of the year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I mean, he is special. And Fanta was ranting and raving about him. I know he did a post on him a couple weeks ago that I read that was really uh, in depth and, and the kid delivers. So that's why, you know, obviously this time of year, you got to have great guards, great guard play. Somebody that can, you could trust with the ball to, to knock down those free throw shots or uh, not turn it over. And, and he is that guy. I, I like the comparison and I really do. It's just tough because UConn is, is playing so well and they look like that, yeah. that UConn team that, was really hot in in December and early January. So I don't know. I mean, I'm throwing something up against the wall here. I think I take the points with Marquette and hope for a tight game and somebody wins on a final possession. Um, but that's that's kind of weak as far as analysis. Yeah. Concerned. I I would take Marquette though if you made me make a play. I probably would as well, although it's UConn in the garden in March and my my heart is telling me don't bet against UConn, but uh, I'm staying away from it just because it it I can't fully grasp like what my actual angle would be. Penn State Northwestern Northwestern surprised a lot of people this year. They're favored by a point sure. nap over Penn State. Penn State looking good. They got some players. Uh, one thirty and a half is your total here. Six thirty p.m. on DraftKings Sportsbook. Any thoughts on this one? Yeah, yeah. What a year for Penn State athletics. They win the Rose Bowl. Uh, they get into the NCAA tournament for the first time in a decade, and they're going to lose their head coach to Notre Dame. Um, the third one may not be true, but Micah Shrewsbury definitely could leverage this season and get a better job uh, than Penn State basketball. Um, I kind of want to ride the hot team here. Like Northwestern, yeah, they beat Rutgers to end the regular season, but they lost three in a row before that. Uh, they're going to be off a a five day break, which they haven't had in in a long time. Um, I think if anything here, I'm going to take the Penn State first half money lines plus 105. And the reason why I'm do the reason why I'm doing that is because Penn State already has a game under the belt. They're going to come in. Um, they're going to feel comfortable. Like we're we're watching the Rutgers Purdue game while we're recording, and and Purdue is struggling to find a little bit of that rhythm. You can't really use the first half unders strategy here because the, the game total is 130. Like if, if Penn State gets hot or Northwestern gets hot for four minutes, it, your your first half under strategy is shot. Um, so I think this may be, you know, Northwestern's got pressure on them for the first time. Um, home state in Chicago, they're going to have the crowd behind them. Excuse me, but... <sighs> How many times does Northwestern basketball play with pressure? Hmm. So I think time. that's yeah. So I think that's the way I put it. Is Penn State knows they're in the tournament now; they can play freer. And oh, by the way, the best player on, on the floor is Jalen Pickett, who plays for Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just beat Northwestern um, in Evanston as well. Um, Penn State's the hot hand, so I'm I'm going to take that approach with the first half money line uh, because I think Northwestern maybe takes twenty or so minutes just to get warmed up. I mean, we just saw Zach Eady just launch a pass over his teammate's head. Um, 
it it means something when you've been playing two three games a week for what three four months now and now you've had five days off and you're playing in a, in a new arena it's real it affects you so i think that the the hotter team in penn state ends up having the advantage at least in the first half uh we'll see how the second half goes but i would i wouldn't mind if we got a a boo booey jalen pickett showdown um at some point in that game all right keeping it moving we're under 10 here on the zoom uh, I want to ask you yesterday, the biggest game that you were kicking yourself in the back or the backside for not being on, I'll tell you my answer. And and that's why it's popping up now, Kansas yesterday. I don't know why I didn't pull the trigger on Kansas and I get it. It was a little mm-hmm. tighter at first half, but after it was all said and done, Kansas walked away. I mean, they're the overall number one seed best team of college basketball. Um, I'm bringing it up because they're four and a half point favorites here today again as well against Iowa State. And I realize Iowa State's a little bit better of a team. Um, but ultimately, is this a spot, a, a better team than West Virginia? But ultimately, is this a spot that, you know, look, you made a mistake yesterday, Brace. Don't make the same mistake twice. I got to be on Kansas today, correct? Um, I, I don't su- fully support it. Just because um, they call Kansas City uh, Hilton South, <laughs> Iowa State shows up in that tournament. The hell does like, that mean? Hilton Coliseum. They call oh, it Hilton South. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so like that's. I was thinking the hotel chain. <laughs> See, this, this is this is where like the diehard college basketball brain and like mm-hmm. you swooping in after the Super Bowl. Like I have to, I forget about that when we get in these oh, conversations because well, I'm like, I'm, I get it I'm, into don't, don't do that to me. I'm day one of college hoops. Sorry. I don't know where Iowa state, the name of their arena. Well, that's, well, that's what I, that, that's how what many I mean. times has their arena name changed in the last decade? Right. Doesn't everybody change their names? I give no. it up. I've given up remembering wait, names. Well, no, 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 no. Hilton magic's been a thing for a long time. Tyrese I'm Halliburton, sure. George Niang. I'm Monte sure. Morris, when they were good, Hilton Magic was was the real deal. It's like the it's like the octagon of doom at Kansas State. Yeah, you you but, know all of those nicknames, right? Oh the, yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. trapezoid of the trapezoid of terror at Rutgers. Yes, do know that one. Do know that one, but did not know the Hilton. <laughs> did I was unaware of Hilton out there at Iowa State. I know they're the Cyclones, so sign me up for that one. Yeah, um, that's gonna be a tough game. So I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't go there on Kansas today, but I tell you what, I didn't kick myself for not picking Duke because Pittsburgh was in a, a weird spot, but I hate to say it, Sean, but Duke's playing really good basketball. I, I'm I'm going to whisper that and not try and speak Duke into existence because Duke's been laying low. We haven't had a reason to care about Duke all year. And then all of a sudden they're on this winning streak. They play really good defense. And they're probably going to make the ACC tournament final. <sighs> prepare yourself. Just prepare yourself for Duke and Duke fans being insufferable. And all of this, all of these clips of John Shire when he was a player, like you're going to see it. You hope there's a mercenary 12 or 13 seed out there that, that takes them out like, like Lehigh. Um, but man, um, Duke is is the real deal. I'm taking them against Miami today, minus two and a half. Defense is going to rule the ACC today. Duke and Virginia are both going to win. They're both going to cover, and you're going to you're going to get an ACC tournament final in the mid 60s tomorrow, and you're going to like it. You have no other choice because both those teams play really really good defense. 
What's the one thing Miami doesn't do? Play defense. And the one thing Clemson doesn't do is play, play defense. Um, I think Clemson's uh, glass slipper ends up breaking. Um, if they could play NC State in every game, they'd win the NCAA tournament. But they can't play NC State yeah. in every game. Um, and then Miami, I love their guard play. But uh, Filipowski is the X factor. He plays down low. Uh, you can get North Chattermere into in a little bit of foul trouble. Um, Nigel Pack fouled out from Miami. They almost blew that game yesterday. He fouled out like four or five minutes left. That's a little bit of a concern to me. And their defense is a, is a red flag as well. So um, I'm taking Duke. I'm taking Virginia. I'm tempted by the Duke Miami under, but I'm going to stay away from it because I'm, I'm, I'm confident in Duke. And I hate myself. I absolutely hate myself to say Duke is getting hot at the right time. But that's what they're doing. Yeah, a lot of – well, Patrick McDonald was on the show on Wednesday. He said, hey, man, watch out for the Dukies. So, look, they have been playing much better basketball. And, of course, that game against at UNC, that was a slam dunk for uh, for, for the Tar Heels. And uh, that showed me everything I need to know about Duke. They are rolling yeah. at the right time, so we'll see what happens today. I, can't, I, I, don't, I don't hate John Shire. I don't hate John Shire, though. That's the thing. Like When John Shire played, I was like, eh, you know, it wasn't yeah. like – I didn't have an opinion on him. So, like – Am I turning the tide on Duke? Am I getting soft? No, I think, hey, look, we'll take anything that's that's good from the ACC, right? I mean, nobody had any expectations. So if you <laughs> give us a final of Duke and UVA, I, I'll take that, right? You know, I know it's going to be a little game, but. Duke, UVA in, a, in an absolute knockdown dragout rock fight. First to 65 wins. At least it's being played in Greensboro. That's. That's, That's true, thing, you know. Not in DC or yeah, Brooklyn, exactly. but yeah, I'm on. I'm on both Duke and Virginia. I think defense is the defining factor of the ACC games today. All right, uh, one more for me. Actually, two more for me. Let's go to Indiana, Maryland. Maryland beat Minnesota yesterday. I think we talked about that. I think you said Minnesota's terrible. Watch out. That should be an easy one for Maryland. Indiana, everybody loves themselves some Hoosiers. And look, I do when they're at home. That's an unbelievable place that they play. The hell's the name of their arena? Really? Assembly Hall? There you go. Yeah, I couldn't pull that. Couldn't pull it. It's one of the most historic gyms in the country. Dude, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing <laughs> blanks on places. You know what? Now I got a homework assignment. Start learning the arenas a little bit better than what you do. All right. Um, so, you know, look, that is a home court advantage. I love them when they're playing at home. That place is rocking. But here, neutral court, two point favorites. Of course, I like the Hoosiers. Your thoughts on the game, though? Yeah, apply everything you just said about Indiana and applies about 10 times more to Maryland. Maryland sucks away from College Park. They're absolutely atrocious. Um, let, let's go Let's go down the resume real quick. Lost to Michigan. Lost to Rutgers. Lost to Iowa. Lost to Purdue. Lost to Sparty. Lost to Nebraska. Lost to Ohio State. Lost to Penn State. All on the road. The only team that Maryland beat on the road in Big Ten play was Minnesota who is the worst team in the conference who they beat by 16 points yesterday. There is absolutely no world where I am trusting the Maryland Terrapins outside of College Park this season, especially on this small spread. Indiana minus two feels like the biggest slam dunk in the history of the Big Ten tournament. All right. I like it. Well, I'll be back in that one today. I think they're definitely going to get a, a wager pushed on them. Um, finally, 
Yeah, let's uh, let's do this. We got uh, actually we're under two minutes here. Creighton Xavier, give me twenty seconds on that. Creighton Xavier, Creighton favored by three and a half. I gotta like Creighton, right? Yeah. Uh oh, did I lose you? The mic. I bet you the microphone came undone. We're under. Um, there you are. Yeah, I know. Yep, I know. I know. Yeah, that's. I don't have a play on Creighton Xavier. I think it's two fantastic Big East games, but I, I don't have a read either way. All right, and then the other one would be. Let's go to TCU and Texas. Texas two and a half point favorites, one forty six and a half. TCU really impressive victory. I think you had that yesterday over Kansas State. Your thoughts on that game? Uh, if TCU plays the way they did against Kansas State, they're going to beat Texas, but Texas is tough. So staying away from that one. But uh, yeah, that that should be a fun, very like elite eight type game. 30 seconds, your plays, please. Duke, Virginia, Indiana, Penn State first half. And I am taking the late night over in Arizona State, Arizona 154. Those are my late night plays. Boom. That's Joe Tanzi. Jay Tanzi, 9-0. Step your game up if you're going to get oh, Vanderbilt. in the ring. Vanderbilt, too. We forgot Vanderbilt. We forgot and Vandy. Vanderbilt. And Vandy. Yeah. All right, we're rolling with Vandy. That was added in. <laughs> Everybody, brace for winnings. We'll be back tomorrow with a special Saturday edition. Enjoy the games. Good luck. DraftKings Sportsbook. Use braces. The promo code. Peace. Brace for winnings. An iHeartRadio podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Brace for Winnings is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, Wait, did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.